Hello, welcome to Nerd Cannon. I'm Beth. I am Paul. Are you sure you're not Kaiser Soze? <laughs> we don't say that to the end of the episode. <laughs> I see, I see. Uh, this is a podcast where two librarians look at pop culture cornerstones from their childhood and decide if they're good enough to be shared with the next generation of nerds. Paul, do you have a bad synopsis I, for us? I do, but I do want to oh. say, look, this movie that we're about to talk about is close to 30 years old, which is a little scary. And still, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. So, like, oh, <laughs> this oh. is a, guys, our whole podcast seen, is a spoiler. I mean, that's the thing. I, we've talked about this multiple times. We talked about spoilers multiple times. And I want to come back to spoilers. I'll do my, here, I'll do my bad synopses because I have a couple of them. But great. We, let's come back to this discussion because. Yo, if you here, haven't seen this movie yet, go, go watch see it. And it. And then go watch it us. right now. Yeah, yeah. And then come back. Okay. Uh, great. Here you go. Idiot cops repeatedly abuse and violate the rights of a small time con man. Perfect. Okay. But I have number two. You ready? Great. Yeah, I'm Luke's wait. father, Darth Vader, a figment of his imagination who was dead the whole time from an insulin overdose administered by a falling jet engine, terrorizes a small village being held in an artificial past. Iron Man sacrifices himself to mercy kill the survivors just before the army shows up to save the day. And he was dead How's the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I said that already. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, big, okay. big twist. <laughs> big twist. It's big really twist. modern day. <laughs> it is. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Here, I have a question for you about spoilers. We're talking about the usual right. suspects, right? Okay, so we sure are. We sure are. And do you remember people being angry about spoilers when we were growing up? Like the yes. angry about spoilers now? Was it a thing? Specifically, I remember the sixth sense. Yeah, but okay, what year did that come out? Uh, yeah. I'll look it up. Live Googling at the beginning of the episode. Live Googling. Uh, 1999. Okay, no, so didn't. I was gonna say 2001. So yeah, well, this was so only like, this was 95. Like this was 95. So, yeah, so I'm yeah. about to tell you that. Um, I know. So I know, but... like, yeah, I mean, I think you're right that it's probably easier to spoil more people with one fell swoop. Yeah, that's true. With this, with the social medias, but yeah. If you are at dinner and you're yelling about some movie you just saw and the next table is like, son of a bitch, like, you know, um, or you say it to your friend and they didn't watch it yet. Um, But also back in the day, if it was a show, if you were watching a show and you cared about spoilers, like you had to be watching a show when it was on because there wasn't. There wasn't streaming and binging and watching it later. So nobody could ruin like. Game of Thrones for you because you had to watch it on Sunday or you weren't watching right. it. Like, right. Yeah, that's true. So maybe that's part of it, but like movies could definitely get ruined. So social media and internet just kind of made think, spoilers like yeah. a bigger, like that's a my more impression. easy thing. You can accidentally spoil yourself really easily, I suppose. You can tell us on our social media if you have a different opinion about that, listeners. Yeah. But that's what I, I mean, that's my theory. But yeah, this is one of those movies that if you know the ending, it really affects the whole Yes, it does. Beginning to end scenario. Yeah. So, Usual Suspects. Usual Suspects uh, was released on August 16th, 1995, directed by Brian Singer, written by Christopher McQuarrie, uh, starring Gabriel Byrne, Stephen Baldwin, Kevin Pollack, and Kevin Spacey. And the Rotten Tomatoes score was an 89%, and the audience score was a 96%. Wow, okay. Roger Rabbit got fucking 97. How did Usual Suspects get 80-something? 
Ebert fucking hated this movie. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I read all about it. So um, what was your experience with this as a kid? So I have a very distinct memory of this because as a young person, I was exposed to this by my sister's boyfriend. Great. Who I don't know. I think I actually think Usual Suspects is a great movie to share with people who don't you're like hey i got this cool like i feel like this was a and thing you don't that know happened. anything like, about it yeah and you don't know anything about it and just like hey let's watch this cool movie and so he shared it with me and i watched it and then i did the exact same thing to my group of friends so people you have heard from on this podcast like steve and tj mm-hmm. and matt who have been on here probably watched it the first time with me because i was like we gotta watch okay. this movie and i think yeah. we like went to the local you know video rental video country and video whoa hold up was your (laughs) local video chain called video fucking country it it absolutely was uh we had this is new information for me no it's not i have talked about this before (laughs) i've talked about the squeaky weird floors and oh my god video country video country uh i forget there was another one that like what was the jingle weird, for video country there was no it was a local it was like a one place there was I no chain it, it they didn't have be. commercials they had like i'm bad gonna write flyers. it down. i don't know <laughs> video country were they in conjunction with the little caesars no, no. Were they in the same parking lot, strip mall, as the Little Caesars? Uh, no, they were in the same parking lot as Dairy Queen and Stop and Go. Oh, all right. I'll take it. I'll take it. It's not the same as Little Caesars. We but it's all did right. have a Blockbusters eventually, but it was across the other side of town, so we didn't go there. Are we pluralizing um, Blockbuster? Blockbusters? Block- it's it just belongs the one. to Block. No, it was the ownership. <laughs> Uh yeah. Holy balls. No, okay. Listen, I don't even know what I was talking about. We went it to many video country I and it. I showed them the video <laughs> and it video was a country. thing. And I am pretty sure it's shout out to Steve who doesn't listen to this, but Steve, I'm pretty sure has Steve. done the same thing multiple times where it's like, have you ever and now there's a whole host of people that you can show this to who have oh, never yeah, even heard of it. Because it's like 30 years even, old. Right. So sure yeah, is. I, I do think there's there's one kind of unfortunate anachronistic thing that happens in this movie that but we'll get there when we get there um but yeah what's your story with usual suspects i watched it one time it was one of those <laughs> like well here's the thing this is sausage party and there's no vampires and there's no magic oh true yeah so as you know um there's yep. not even a boob there's not even one re- like one stray boob yeah the warning on here on Amazon said there was nudity, and I was like, "Really? Absolutely not." I can tell no. you, absolutely well, there's no not. nudity in this movie. Zero Amazon. nudity. What the fuck's up with your rating? There's a one woman, and she doesn't even have any fucking lines. Anyway, so um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, I so not to say that I don't enjoy like a heist movie or whatever, but I don't typically like like a police drama or a crime mm-hmm. drama of that ilk. But you know, all my friends were dudes, and so I feel that we went to the Blockbuster and uh, got it one night because I, <laughs> I probably feel like there's some scorn rolling off that. I mean, we didn't go to Video Country. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, there was a. I've said this before. There was a Blockbuster walking distance, and it was a very yeah. frequent Friday night date was to walk from our, you know, mm-hmm. and um, he had seen it before. And he, I think, thought I already had seen it or knew the ending or something. But he didn't spoil it for me. But 
you know, when it's starting to get toward the end and you start to have the inkling of the, and I was like maybe half asleep or whatever, but I was like, it's starting to get toward the end and you're starting to realize that maybe the the twist is going to come. And I was like, oh my God, is it him? And he's like, shut up. Everybody knows that. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I honestly don't know if I knew what I knew about it going yeah. into it. And I only watched it once, but watching it for this, I was very much wondering and wishing that I could watch it again, new with my critical mm. eye without knowing you know, what was going to happen. Because I don't think that my first viewing of it was like very thoughtful. I think I was like, you know what I mean? Um, And so I think it would have been cool to be really, really invested in it the first time. But I always was like, sure. Okay, cool. You know, whatever. So I was, I was kind of happy to watch it again because I didn't really remember it that well. I definitely had that experience of being invested in it and Having yeah. my mind blown, and I love right. That like, and I can see how that would have happened, and I feel that I yeah. missed that because of my like, you know, person I was viewing it with wasn't that like whatever making making it be that exciting for me. I guess I don't know. Yeah, and I might have fallen asleep. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would say this movie. I'm always thinking about it. Like, I love now reading a book, especially, but also watching a movie where I don't see the twist coming. Which is not something that happens all that frequently, especially as a middle school librarian and reading, we you are, know, young adult and middle right. grade. We are frequent like, readers of young adult books where we can see the end and coming on the first page. You see what was what's the <laughs> twist? You're like, oh right, yeah, I saw that. But like, a while if you're ago, the but, eighth grader that reads that, it blows your goddamn yes, mind. Yes, but yeah. but when I read something right. or watch something and it like really throws me, like I remember this throwing me the first time seeing it. I love that feeling. Just that feeling is so great. But anyway. I like that feeling too. I don't remember having that with this. I do remember being like, oh, cool. But I I don't remember being like so shocked. I think maybe I like knew to expect that something was coming. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. So, but I do remember like the ad campaign and stuff. Like I remembered that stuff. Oh, I don't. Well, you know, I was like a frequent viewer of movie advertising and whatever stuff like that. I used to read like entertainment weekly and shit like all that. So, um, so that I remember we can take a moment to talk about the unfortunateness of <laughs> Kevin Spacey being a fucking creep. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. That's a real and, downer. And, and, more, and yeah. Yeah. we don't support any of that, but you know, but we look at stuff that was made before we knew <laughs> Usually, and so that's the lens through which we're looking at this, I guess, right? Right. So, yeah. So, I have two trivias and a lie. Cool. So, the stolen emeralds were real gemstones on loan for the film. All the characters' names stem from staff members of the law firm and the detective agency that Christopher McQuarrie worked at when he was young. And throughout the movie, fuck and its derivatives are used 102 times. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So, real emeralds. Mm-hmm. Derivative names or fuck. Man. <laughs> See, I know Big Lebowski has like a lot of fucks in it. That's the one that I always I think of when I think of how many fucks are in this movie. It's the Big Lebowski. Because mm-hmm. it's something absurd. I think so. Emeralds on loan. I'll buy that. I can see them being like, we want it to look real. There's something about the fake ones that don't look quite real on camera or something like that. I can see that. Derivative names, man, from from the law firm that he worked at? Is that what law you said? Law firm and detective agency. I'll say, wait, what was the last one? <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck. 
I think you made up the fuck one. I did. Yeah. Um, it was 89 times. <laughs> oh, oh, well, okay. <laughs> well, and then I like what I changed it to be the made up one. I changed it to some like 150 number. And then I was like, that would be like a fuck per minute. And I do think there might actually almost be a fuck. But I was like, well, maybe not that. Um, so the other ones are true. We can talk about it with Big. We have to watch Big Lebowski sometimes. We talked about it Absolute so many times. Fucking it's like 150 or something in Big Lebowski. Or yeah, so it's like, like a fuck per minute. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So okay. So <laughs> Benicio del Toro realized his character's only purpose is to be killed to demonstrate Soze's <laughs> power. And didn't he had no meaningful impact onto the story other than as a plot device, right? So as Except a result, he's hilarious. So he, yeah. So as a result, he was like, "Well, I'm going to talk like a fucking weirdo because it doesn't matter. My ones are not important, and like I think it will make me more memorable as a character. It'll be more fun, and like it literally doesn't matter what I'm saying." So when you hear him talk, and he okayed it with the director, but he did not tell anybody else that that's how he's going to talk. So when he starts talking and you watch them and all the times that somebody goes in English or like, what the fuck should you fucking say? They like, <laughs> that is just their natural reactions because he's just That's going, awesome. blah, 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 and like, <laughs> um, so 10 out of 10, sir. Um, way to yep. get remembered. So the, the role of Kuyan was offered to Christopher Walken and Robert De Niro, who turned it down. And then El Pacino read for the part, but decided not to do it. Because he just was in heat and was a cop. Oh, and then yeah. later he would say it was the one film that he regretted turning down the most. Huh. And it's funny because to me, that is not the role that I would think of people coveting playing. But... Um, yeah, no, yeah. You know what I mean? But like, whatever. What do I know? Singer McQuarrie sent the screenplay for the film to Spacey without telling him which role was written for him. But it was like specifically written for Kevin Spacey. And he had seen the last huh. movie that McQuarrie did and was like, I want to be in your next movie no matter what it is. So he read the script and then he was like, well, um, maybe the role of Keaton, maybe the role of Kunyan. Um, but also I'm like kind of intrigued by, you know, Kent. And he goes, well, that's who I wrote. Like I wrote that role for huh. you. Yeah. So that was that. Um, the title is taken from a column and a, a magazine called Spy. So the column in the magazine Spy was called The Usual Suspects, and that is a call back to Claude Rain's line in Casablanca. So he thought that yeah. would be a good title for a film, and he had the idea of five criminals meeting in a lineup, and that's like the entire genesis of all of this. That's what I had always heard, that it was like this whole movie was just based on some like imagining, oh, five dudes in a lineup, and that was the yep, movie. Yeah, and that's, that's it. Uh, the Writers Guild of America ranked this film as having the 35th greatest screenplay of all time, which I feel like huh. is high yeah. um, <laughs> for me. Uh, McQuarrie based the name Kaiser Soze on one of his previous supervisors, Kaiser Sume, at a Los Angeles law firm. I told you he based all of his uh, yeah, people. Yeah. But he decided to change the last name because he thought that Kaiser wouldn't like that. Um, and so <laughs> then he found the word Soze. Um, in his roommate's English to Turkish dictionary, which translates to talk too much. So that's oh, okay. like emperor Verbal. talks too much. Yes. So yes. that is a clue that yeah. Kaiser Soze is like Turkish German name and it's like King Blabbermouth or like King talks yeah. too much. So yeah. 
Um, so there's that for you. In the scene where the crew meets Redfoot after the botched drug deal, Redfoot flicks a cigarette at Baldy McBaldwin's face. And it was originally <laughs> supposed to be in his chest, but he missed and it hit him in the face and they kept it in. Mm-hmm. That looks awful. So when they did the lineup scene, it took... Like it went way over schedule and it, they got like super in trouble with the director because they absolutely would not stop fucking around. <laughs> so they would not stop making each other laugh. So Baldwin and Pollock were trying super hard to get burned to crack up because he was so serious. And Belnicio <laughs> del Toro farted like 12 takes in a row and they like couldn't get their shit together. So after lunch, the director like had to like a like a big boy like, no, you have to do the acting now. Stop fucking around. And like they couldn't do it. So they ended up having to cut it together from a mess of them being idiots and it's definitely <laughs> more humorous like yeah. in its final form than it was like intended to be because they just would not cut the shit <laughs> oh no so that's all of them because i kind of told you some other ones out of order so that's my fun facts for nice. you awesome and how did you rewatch go oh it's a bad hat harry production that's the first it thing is bad hat harry yeah. First thing I noticed was the the music started and I was like, I had this like unlocked memory and I was like, holy shit, I have the soundtrack to this movie. And I used to listen to the soundtrack oh. all the time. And in, in fact, I do have it on my computer. Wow, still. wow, wow. And I just, I was like, oh my God, this was a CD I had that was in regular rotation in my three cd sony stereo like i can't tell you that i remember the soundtrack at no, all, it's, it all? Not, it's it's just all the little d- d- like little, the little piano background. and how does it go can you give stuff? me a little no i can't i can't really are you do sure that. he wants to so bad he's restraining no. himself <laughs> <laughs> but i i mean i used to just listen to the soundtrack through and like i was like whoa and i had i hadn't thought about listening to the soundtrack I probably haven't listened to the soundtrack in 15 years. And as soon as this started, I was like, holy crap, That's I used to listen so to this funny. all the time. So yeah. here's a little um, funny thing is normally when I do my podcast homework, I ask, uh, you know, who to play the soundtrack of whatever movie it is mm-hmm. that we're doing while I'm like doing my research. Um, but I didn't do that today. And that's funny because I normally do. But mm. I didn't. This music didn't made so little of an impression on me that it didn't occur to me that I should listen to it. So that's I funny. think the music does a really good job in this movie, building tension. And then like you get to the whole reveal, the, like double reveal, the first one and then the second one. And it's like, sure. it does a really good job. Listen for the music if you're listening. If you're watching I, this again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Listen to the music, people. It's normally a thing I notice, so I don't know. I didn't notice it. There it is. There it is. Yep. Let's hear it. <laughs> We're on a boat. Mm-hmm. And, yep. um... Listen, you know. peeing, peeing on the fire is clearly the classiest way to prevent fires. Absolutely. That's how you're supposed yeah. to do it, right? It's a little mm-hmm. harder if you're a lady, but, you know, one must do what one, one must funnels. do. Oh, yeah, Thank I carry you. one around for the purpose mm-hmm. of peeing out fires. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Only you can prevent ship fires. Stay well hydrated, everybody. But then he lights it again. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he can't, I can't feel my legs, Kaiser. And you're like, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is not a rewatch movie for me. Uh, I haven't watched it in quite a while. I don't know why, but 
this time I was kind of watching closely and there was a lot of little details that I feel like they put in maybe for people to get and to try and see what was happening or the truth behind it. Yeah, like the, I read the, a hand, quote. the switching the gun, like he switches the hand, the gun from his right hand to his left hand very conspicuously before shooting and constant the the focus on lighting the lighter contrasted with like verbal can't ever How light his own cigarettes right, and stuff so right. like i feel like there was a lot of stuff we were like watching this time i was like oh yeah i get why you put that in but i don't like it very much if you got this the first time and you understood who was who like i'm impressed because those those are some little details right um i did read that that was their hope that you know, if people went back and rewatched it, that they would be able to like oh, yeah. see these things. You know, also they didn't know who Kaiser Soze was like making it. Oh, really? So, which was well, clearly I not read, him as an actor. Well, I read right, like, and I read conflicting reports of like whether or not it was in the script or how when they like knew. Like, I think that Kevin Spacey always knew, but like Gabriel right. Byrne was convinced it was him, right? So, hmm. and he said in interviews, he's like, I thought it was me while we were making the movie. I thought it was me <laughs> while I was watching it until the end. Like, so at one point they all thought it was them. Like all of the guys, obviously not Del Toro, but like the rest of them all were like, oh, it's obviously me. So- <laughs> You know, I don't know to what degree the script was finalized for them because Gabriel Byrne, like, for sure thought it was him. <laughs> so I think that's kind of cool. That's like in, was it at the end of that, of Hook, where they give the, they don't know who's going to get the sword, and then they get, like, yeah. <laughs> no yeah, idea yeah. Who, who it is, but. The seminal masterpiece we watched, Hook. Yeah, bring that one back Woof. up. <laughs> yeah, no, it's important. Go give that one a listen. But you don't need to watch it. You can just listen to us rag on it. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah, so then we get to, um, you know, verbal kent and interrogation. It all started six weeks ago. And then they go, I needed that sometimes. Like, there's a lot of cutting back and forth. So I write... I write in my margins, like, where we're at, like, when there's a scene uh, change. And yeah. um, some of the margins are, like, all scribbled in because we change a lot. And then I'm like, now, then, back then, no, not. Like, so, and sometimes they didn't know, like, at first. <laughs> so, anywho. So, these yeah. uh, these doofuses are all in a lineup. This is awesome. Kevin Pollock looks really lineup. young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, here's the thing. He doesn't look old now. So, but like, and all I kept thinking of, this is, here's the thing. Now that we rewatched Willow, I'm never going to see him as not that brownie. (laughs) It's trying to like, (laughs) like the cat and the love potion. Like, I'm never not going to see that now for some reason. That's just in there forever. (laughs) I did not think of that Um, when I was watching. (laughs) I can't not. And he's in this movie and he's like, blah, 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 blah. Fuck you, cocksucker. And I'm like, um... (laughs) You're a brownie. So sometimes in my notes, I refer to him as a brownie. Yeah. So there's that. This lineup. I love this lineup. And also watching this, I realized how many of these lines, because I think of the way we watch this in my friend group, a lot of the lines became things that we repeated, obviously, to each other. And this, we still say, like, hand me the keys, you fucking cocksucker. Like, right. like you know, the different, different intonation. Like, yeah. we, when people say something that doesn't sound right, it's just one of those things. We say, hand me the keys, you right. cocksucker. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
just became a thing. In English, please. That was another one. In that... English, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Somebody calls somebody fucko, and I really like yep. that. Yep. <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm calling everybody fucko from the, now the on. The cop calls Kevin Pollack, I think, fucko. Yeah, Does it, like one it. of them. He calls calls him, and he's like, "Fucko, really?" Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Or, uh, he'll flip you. He'll flip you. Flip you for real. Flip you. Yeah, flip you for real. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, man. Now you're in the getting fucked by us business. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. If you, if I must, like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So we get this like montage. Gabriel Byrne gets punched. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is there's a lot going on here in this beginning, and it's going very fast. And I had to keep pausing it and take notes. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This was like more plot than I could handle after like a long day and then sitting down to do podcast homework. I was like, I am not in the right headspace for usual suspects. Like, I did get my shit together. Um, mm-hmm. So the rest of them seem to kind of know each other, but they don't really know verbal, and only mm-hmm. Eaton does. People say I talk too much. People say I talk too much. And then he goes, I beg your pardon, but you can all go to hell. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like. Yep. So, so polite. Yeah. Fenster's, like, talking about how, uh, you know, unjust it is or whatever. He's like, they're treating us like criminals. He's like, you are a criminal. (laughs) Why'd you go and do that? I'm just trying to make a point. Like. (laughs) No, they're, like, when they're all together in there, obviously, and when they're in the lineup, like, they have a good, like, chemistry together of their, like, all their things. I will also say, this movie being 30 years old or whatever, I do not feel that anybody looks particularly dated except for Stephen Baldwin. You know who his looks way hair, different? Well, you mean, oh, his, in styling, you like mean? Like, their style. Like, oh, his yeah, hair... Yeah is like combed within an inch of its life with gel and it's got that like straight front. That to me was the only, the rest of them look very like kind of just understate. Like there's not a lot of like fashion going on that is super indicative of the time, which I feel like a lot of like kind of like a little bit more snazzy, like kind of heisty movies were a little bit more like trendy fashion wise. Yeah. So I felt like, that was something I noticed where I felt like this movie could have happened today. Like, right. except, I mean, there's no cell phones, but I don't even feel like that is a huge difference in the plot. There is a cell phone. There's one cell phone. I mean, there is, but I'm saying there's not like smartphones every five seconds. So that oh, might right, be right, right. noticeable. Um, yeah. But I feel as though like this all could have taken place now. Like none of it really feels dated to me in terms of like what's going on and like, the the way they all look except for baldwin's hair is like very distracting to me <laughs> what i was um, gonna say is the person who shows up just in the next minute or so looks totally different and i didn't even realize it was him and it's giancarlo esposito as um bauer i think his name is or bear what is smoking cop yeah, smoking cop who's like standing over the first shot of him. He's like standing over the pier, looking at all the yes, bodies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, holy crap! That's I and um, the other person here I recognized was I. And of course, I had to look it up. Like I don't, I, I recognize people, and then I'm like, oh, I know Dan you from Hedaya? something, but I don't know. No, Clark oh. Gregg, who plays Agent Coulson in uh, Avengers stuff now, is like one of the oh. doctors in the hospital yes, in this yes. movie. So are you not going to call me on this shit? I feel like I need to say what? something, but you're 
Have you not noticed I've been doing a... (laughs) I thought it was Dunkaroos. Paula is going to town on Fundip. I thought, honestly, I thought it was Dunkaroos. I I just pulled out. I was like, wonder if Beth will say anything. Throwback to our candy eating episode. I was like, oh, I have a Fundip in there. I'll just eat a Fundip for this whole episode and see what Beth says. And I'm like done with it. And you didn't say anything. I mean, I'm a profesh, and I thought that we were just going to let you have your snack. (laughs) All the the licking and slurping noises are me trying to get Beth's goat by eat a fun dip. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a euphemism. Gross. It's not that good, anyway. No, it's not that good. It's candy. No, no, it's not that good. It doesn't taste like anything. No, no. Anyway. Anyway, um, I don't, I'm going to say it once. I'm not going to say it every time. I don't like that they keep calling him the cripple from New York. Yeah, I know. That's not cool. Um, He's obviously like wants to be, he's like, that's what he's going for or whatever. But like, you don't know that. And I don't love it. Um, I, um, I it just reinforces the shittiness of the the cops in this movie. Oh, that's everyone is, yeah, shitty. Um, and they, but I wrote, oh, hey, Dan Hedaya. (laughs) Like, because he's a guy that, like, is in and all, he's in everything. Yeah. And I recently just, we have Clueless on our list at some point. Like, he's the dad of Clueless. I just, like, recently saw him, and he's just so funny. Yeah, okay. You watched Clueless recently? Anyway. Oh, yeah, I've watched. Anyway, yeah. Um, Anywho, so he's, you know, it's political. This guy's protected by the Prince of Darkness, by the mayor, the governor, like... And all, none of this, like, it's all going very fast, and I only half understand. But then I get it, and like, okay, so you know, we've got one survivor in the hospital who only speaks Hungarian, and then we've got Kent, who's now going to tell us what's going. Kaiser Shuze, not Kaiser Shuze. Yeah. <laughs> they. We shut up. I'm on the phone. He's <laughs> dying. He's like, spit it out. Everyone is terrible. Everybody is dreadful. Let's just have a friendly chat, Paul. That's what he calls it. Uh Um, So why why 27 men die and appear for dope that wasn't there? And I felt like they looked at me and they were like, you with us? Are you following? And I was like, I'm with you. Uh, (laughs) So... Now we cut back to the burn victim, Arkash Kovash, which is a Mm -hmm. real... It's a real thing. Yeah, he starts yelling about Kaiser Jose. Um, And he keeps yelling it, and the smoking guy's real annoyed. Um, Yeah, do you shut up on the phone? He he has one of those old, chunky flip phones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So all of that happens, and then Kent and Kuyan are hanging out, and he goes, man, I get so dehydrated. My piss comes out like snot. (laughs) At the beginning, (laughs) if you look at the pee... Oh yeah, it's it's yeah. I read. Now I didn't go back and look at the pee huh. putting out the fire at the beginning, but I did read right. that it was like that. Well, this is also a point where it shows him. It, there's a shot of just him sitting in the office, like waiting for them to come in or something, and it really does show him sort of reading the wall and look at the posters and all the stuff that's around, around and like yeah, like oh, this is where he's like forming the story and then immediately right. it's like the cigarette thing where Kuyan has to light the cigarette for him. Like he makes a point of saying, you know, I need a light or whatever. Uh, so, and then yeah, we get the, 
the the speech from Kuyan, I'm smarter than you, which is just, I mean, that's yes, just... and the, and you're watching it now. I could spot a murderer from whatever, you know. Yep. I yeah, know yeah. this and that, and I'm smarter than you. And I'm like, okay, are you though? Because <laughs> I, because you know, now watching it the second time, it's like I know that. And mm-hmm. the thing that's silly to me is that everybody keeps acting like he's dumb, and he is the one saying it. I'm a cripple. I'm dumb. I'm not strong. Mm-hmm. Like whatever. Mm-hmm. At no point in his interactions with the other guys does he seem dumb. He is the one that had the right. good plan. He isn't well, dumb. He that. doesn't even. I know, but he doesn't even play dumb with them. They just think he yeah. is because he's because he's you know not able bodied like that. But is we're that seeing like, that story as being told by him to Chaz Palminteri, Palminteri sure. or whatever his name is. Yeah, like hundred percent. Yeah. And that's and that's fine. And we can get into unreliable narrator and what really happened at right, the end. Yeah. But like, it just is so funny to me because like, I really do wish I had seen it. Like again, not knowing, right. you know, because I yeah. was really paying attention, and now I like know that this is going on. But anyway, so then we see this lawyer chick with Keaton, and yeah, she has like two lines in the whole fucking thing. She's like the only yeah, woman in the you. whole. Her, her line is, "I love you." Oh, be be ignored. I, I love, love you again. You. Be Do ignored. You hear me? <laughs> Ouch! I was like, he does not hear. Is what I wrote. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. then we got Baldy. I'm calling Baldwin Baldy in my notes, which is cute. Okay. So we got yeah. Baldy, the detective, and like everybody's watching Baldwin? him. Is this what good Baldwin? <laughs> <laughs> um, he, <laughs> questionable. It's I don't know anything about the veracity of his character. I don't know. I don't know about his character. Um, mm-hmm. I just know that he's got real blue eyes and he's got a bad haircut in this movie. And I don't think yep. that haircut's his fault necessarily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. don't know about the rating of Baldwin's from <laughs> acceptable to not. I don't know. So whatever, I don't know. My like not this kind of movie girl is like, okay, well there's a con and they want him. <laughs> they mm-hmm. don't he won't take me. And then he like hurts him and he feels really bad. I'm gonna ship he goes, It's fine, it's fine. I'll probably ship blood tonight. And I'm like, What? Right. Yeah. So he gets super pissed at the suggestion that he doesn't like the the girl. He's really trying to sell this narrative to the cop that he uh, went that, straight yeah. and really loves this broad. Right. Um, who he absolutely could not say I love you back to because <laughs> he was distracted. Um, yeah. So then New York Finest Taxi Service and everybody has the job. They box that car and I have no idea what's about to happen until it happens. I don't know how well they explain it and I just wasn't listening or what, but like all of a sudden they box the car in and yeah. – and like then that all happens, and there's a lot of fuck yelling in there. So that really there ups is, your count. There is yep. that really ups your count. Yeah. Do you know who yeah. I am? We do now. What does he say? We do now. Fuck what or something like that. We do that. now. It's like, not fuck all, but it should be. Uh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it was beautiful. So then they like are talking. There's this scene where they're like kind of looking at the gems afterward and kind of arguing about how they're going to fence them and what they're going to do. And Baldy and Brownie almost kiss. And yep. I, yep. I'm sitting there going, do it. And I know they're not going to, but that would have significantly upped my entertainment and my enjoyment of the film. Um, there's a lot of like macho man face and man face in this movie. There's mm-hmm. a lot of posturing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if there was just like one kiss, I would have been like significantly more impressed with the film. Uh, yeah. So there's that. Gabriel Byrne spies on his girlfriend and an old version of his girlfriend. 
they show a scene where he's looking through the window and there she is in her shoulder pads and her suit and she's like very lawyering and so lawyer much thinking and next to her is like the grandma version yeah with the white hair and the same suit and she also has a legal pad and they're like lawyer lawyer absolutely Uh lawyer lawyer and they Uh so that happens um and then they get on a plane so that was a cool scene that happened there's some quality woodblock on this plane (laughs) flight i don't know if you're paying attention to the soundtrack here but the woodblock is outstanding woodblock no i missed it okay um i'm sorry to say i missed it Then this is where we're back in the interrogation and we see that he is in fact recording it. Like, of course he is, but of course he is. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, don't, don't talk to the cops. Why would you do that? But, uh, <laughs> uh, he, he actually does fine. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. He does. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and then this is where we get him telling, you know, we get Kuyan telling verbal about all the terrible things Keaton did. And Keaton is this murderer and he's this mm-hmm. ruthless son of a bitch and whatever. So he killed all these people. He, he was a bad cop, and then he killed people in prison, and he blew that. But then this was all very confusing to me because he's saying all of this shit, and then he's going, and then two years ago he blew up and he yep. died, and I was like, yep. what? I'm like, I'm there's pretty sure. There's a weird cut there. Yeah, there's a, it's weird, a weird cut. cut. And like, okay, so timing in this movie is weird because we're going back and forth between, you know, what happened and what what he's telling now. And I'm like, but that was only six weeks ago. That wasn't two years ago. He's definitely still alive. And then you're like, oh, we faked his death. But at first I was like, I'm writing and I had like a record scratch like, what? So this is he's trying to convince because Verbal's like, I know Dean Keaton's dead. I know he's dead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there is a there's a shot of. Kevin Spacey's face here, close in on his face, and Kuyan's behind him, so he can't see. And he gets like this very little grin, this very mm-hmm. little smile that like you have to be looking for it. And he he definitely knows Dean Keaton is dead. Like he 100% knows that. And he thinks it's kind of funny that now Kuyan's trying to convince him, no, Dean Keaton's this mastermind. I, he already faked, he faked his own his death, death once. Right, like, right. he's an evil dude. You know, like, and it's the evilest still, of dudes. The evilest of dudes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think he has a little bit of a boner for him? Gabriel Burns a handsome I do. man. Like, yeah, I do. Yeah, he's into yeah, it. Yeah. Um, maybe they should have kissed. We don't even get to see them together. <laughs> they're never in a sh- Yeah, they're never in a seat together. They would have had great <laughs> chemistry. I just, can, I just know it. <laughs> Everybody just really calls it dope the whole movie. So that's mm-hmm. is that what we called it in '95? I guess that was the. Cool I always thought dope was marijuana. So, so did I. Okay, right, we're whatever. not. We weren't cool in '95, and we're not cool now about it. So, <laughs> what do I know? Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anyway, the devil is guys are so, and then they get the sketch artist and the the close up. There are multiple times in the film they close up on this poor lady with her little notepad and uh-huh. and she's got <laughs> such concern focused face. She has zero fucking lines. Uh-huh. But that guy's gonna interpret where they find that guy. That guy's a janitor. He's not even a doctor. They just found somebody that <laughs> yeah, can no, speak he's a translator. Hungarian. Hungarian. Yep. So he tells, you know, there's just, uh, we're back and forth here between what's going on in the hospital room mm-hmm. and what's going on in the interrogation room. And he says, you got no immunity from me. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's trying to convince him all, he's going to get all his ghost bag friends to like, yeah, I'm going to get everybody something. to, right, 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 right. So now we're back in time again to the fencing with the red foot and 
yeah, you know, that old spook, well, I shivved him. And I'm like, this is a very cool conversation. (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) Yeah. Why is Is any of that? shank? Is there a difference between shiving and shanking? Hmm. I always thought the shiv was the instrument. And, and the shanking the, the shank is the verb. was what you did with it, but he definitely uh, shaved as a verb. Ship. Yeah, he That's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, you know, okay. I'm very up on my police, my like, um, my prison, prison murder. Yeah. Um, as you know, I'm the kind of girl that totally would have watched like um, all of those prison things. What was the one on HBO, the prison show that was on forever? Shawshank Redemption. I don't know. What? Justin's yelling from the other room. What is it? Oz. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, okay. <laughs> I never watched any. I did watch the green room. No. Um, anyways, no. too much. It's just no vampires. Not enough boobies for me in any of that. But And they never show the kissing. Anyway, so mm-hmm. <laughs> a man can convince anyone he's someone else but never himself. He's got a lot of very poetic lines. Yeah, he does. And all of this. Again, Keaton doesn't want to do any more jobs. We're going to do it again. And then we pretty yep. much fuck this one up good. We so. do badly. Yep. This one does not go the way we think it's going to go. And Gabriel Burns, like, pointing that gun at him, and he's getting real fired up, but he's not going to do it. And then Verbal, mm-hmm. like, with absolutely no compunction whatsoever, is just like, a chow, and he's dead. Yep. yep. Um, again, not the weak link in this group at True. all. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> never has he been shown to be well, dopey so- or stupid or whatever. This is another question because, like, he again, supposedly this is his narrative that he's telling, right? This the whole sure. narrative is what he's telling to Kuyan as what happened in the story. Why sure, would he yes. put himself as? I guess he has immunity or whatever, so he doesn't care anymore. He's going to tell him everything, so he's the one who pulled the trigger. Like in his own narrative, why would he put himself as the murderer? I don't know. He that doesn't make cooler? sense. Like, huh? I don't know. He, he looks, looks cooler. cooler? Like there's there's this weird line this movie walks between is this the narrative that he's telling, or is it the actual story? And we're just meant to believe like he's changed names and a little bit of the details or something. Like I don't know, it plays right. with that a little bit. Like what's actually real? Well, or that's what's happening. like what I as I was doing the research and stuff. Like that's what I started to really think about is like what part of it is real and what part of it is. I mean that's yeah that's I like I mean that. that's yeah I yeah. It's drugs. It's not drugs. It's whatever. Like, I don't know. Who, <laughs> who'd this job come from? So they're all fighting, and then the lawyer comes in, and that's Kobayashi. Yep. Which, Kobayashi Maru, that's all I could think about. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I work for Kaiser Suze. Right. And there's music. So, and then, like, <laughs> so my next note, very coherently, is Smoke Cop tells Kojak about Hungarian. <laughs> <laughs> so I did really good there. <laughs> so Wait, is then, Kuyan Kojak? Is that yeah. what you <laughs> okay. And I wanted you to know I wrote it right every other time, but here I couldn't remember and I wrote Kojak. So I feel okay. like that was pretty cool. Um and I The never only reason learned... I know how to spell Kuyan is because I had the subtitles on. Subtitles on, hundred so. percent. Yep. Yep. And it's the only no- way you know any single thing that Del Toro said whatsoever. All right. Um <laughs> Um, so then we start going through how all of these dudes have accidentally stolen from Soze, but in 81, mm-hmm. we had something happen in Buffalo. Woo! Yep, we did. It's your job to yell when someone says your city. Woo! Um, That's not my city. <laughs> it's fine! 
<laughs> Susie was in control with all sorts of jobs, whatever. So here's me telling my own self what happened in this just so hmm, they found out, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> now they've all unintentionally stole, stolen and he wants them to blow this fucking ship up and probably they won't live, but maybe they will and maybe it'll be $91 million. Cool, cool, yep. cool, cool, cool. Cool. And then he has files on all of them. Yikes, bro. Yeah. So again, the best trick he ever pulled was convincing people that he wasn't real, and they tells this whole story. You have about... to say the actual quote, Beth. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. That's like a choice quote from this movie. You can't just be like, and then he didn't exist or something. I don't know. You did so much better than me. You're hired. <laughs> and like that. He's gone. That's the other part of that story. When when Kuyan right. walks in and is like, who's Kaiser Sosa? Or what about Kaiser Sosa? And right. Verbal just goes, fuck, and hits the table or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yet another fuck on the fuck counter. Yep. He says, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in God, but I'm afraid of him. Well, I believe in God, and the only thing I'm afraid of is Kaiser Soze. Verbal also says at one point straight up, he says, my story is so full of holes. Like just he just says that to Kuyan, like as you wouldn't believe me anywhere. Kuyan's like trying to convince him to be like, you know, turn state's evidence and you know, oh, right. like testifying. He's like, they wouldn't believe me. My story's so full of holes, and I just thought that was like another like, sort I of nod to made it up right now. So right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So. Um, in here, we just get one more three second wordless cut to the hospital sketch artist. Right. Very scary. <laughs> and like seven people around them being like, yeah, write that, draw that. Yeah, do that. <laughs> yeah. Do it better. Like, do it good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, draw better. Yeah. Then Finster pieces out and gets killed. It's dry fucking sand. We say dry that fucking too. sand. And like, they're just going <laughs> to. Yep. Like, yeah, so they're gonna when be very rot. The surfers are gonna smell them for miles. <laughs> Gross. Yep. Um, they're going to. Uh, there's a weird fade from the beach cave into his coffee cup. Yeah, there's cup. a weird That's fade. The yeah, only fade. time yeah. that that happens. Yeah. There's some some tricksy camera angles and some like slow zooms and stuff that happen, but that's the only time that we get like a weird fade paul's still trying to eat this uh fucking dipstick here like <laughs> a dipstick what? it's not good what I'm else would eat you it call anyway. it sir okay fun, well you enjoy that is it a dipstick it's cherry I yum mean, diddly dum dip fuck it says off. on the package <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible mm-hmm. um they try to hijack uh kobayashi and he just puts his dick on the table and they're scared so <laughs> <laughs> yeah He's like, well, I have your girlfriend, and I'll castrate your nephew, and I'll kill your dad. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, don't do that. So, yep, yep. <laughs> this plan is impossible. This is where I really made some notes about Baldwin's hair. It's it's <laughs> a lot. Yeah, this so a lot. he tell Keaton tells him to stay safe, take the money, go to Edie. And then I'm like, what is this boat plan? We never really talk about it, and it seems like a real shit show. So there is when when Kobayashi or when uh, Dean Keaton opens the briefcase from Kobayashi very briefly before say, they start taking out the files on everybody, you can see that there's like blueprints of a boat. Like yeah. they had something yeah. from Kobayashi about the boat or a plan. I or wanted something. it to That's be like just, that, a yellow just a yellow half second. So bad. And then I <laughs> like assumed it was going to be money and then it was just a threat, which was kind of yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and on this farm, he shot some guys. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
<laughs> and then bada the murder bing, starts. Bing, bang, I wrote. And then the murder starts. Um, oh, there's another clue too. Verbal knows Hungarian. They're waiting for the boat and they're like, they're saying something. What is that? And Verbal's like, yeah, it's Hungarian. <laughs> they're like, okay, cool. You know Hungarian. Interesting. Like, <laughs> Who doesn't? I mean, every yeah. other guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they found, and then we get this cut where we found a body, and Edie lawyered it for it so hard, and then everybody's yep. dead or whatever. Yep. <laughs> There's no dope on the boat. It all gets real plotty right here. There's a lot going on right <laughs> just, here. Did you just scribble plot noises over I here? <laughs> <laughs> I just did that like emoji of the guy going ooh. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. This, this is the strangest thing, McManus. It's the strangest thing. And then he falls over and there's a knife in his mm-hmm. neck. Like, what? The plot noises are, are Arturo Marquez, who can ID Kaiser Soze, who's on the boat, who they are there to hit. Right. right? That's yes. the plot And noise. that guy yeah. has a very specific concerned face. He does. He's very <laughs> concerned. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's a it's a real voice and it's a real open mouth, kind of grimacy. Uh-huh. Face that happens a lot until he gets murder faced and then he doesn't, right. you know. Right. So it was all a suicide mission to whack a guy. There's no drugs. Yep. So then he's yelling at him and Verbal's crying and he like admit, yeah, it was Keaton. It was Keaton and I know he's dead and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. He's dead. All of this. I saw him die. It was always him. He's not really crying though. There's no tears. Right. This is where Oni also says, uh, Verbal says, how do you shoot the devil in the back? You know, and holds up his hand and like, what if you right, miss? And that's right, right. He's like, what if you but, miss? Yeah. This is the first reveal of this movie where you think you're kind of at the ending and Kuyan's like tying it all together. It was really Keaton the whole time. And you get all these shots of Gabriel Byrne, like looking all pensive and, yeah. and cunning and conniving and like tapping his lip or whatever and tying all right. these things together. And you're like, Oh, this, that's what I loved about this movie. The first time through was I think you get, you get like what seems to be the reveal of this movie. Like, Oh, Dean Keaton's the, the dude all along. And then it doesn't stop. Right. And then and like, he's like, okay, I guess I'm just going to leave now. Bye. Um, fucking cops. He, he turns around and just says fucking yep, cops. Like, fucking cops. Good, I wrote that. Yeah, um, yeah. And then he limps on out of there, like giving him all the finger. He's like, bye. Mm-hmm. And then the slowest fax machine ever. Yep. And so we get the coffee mug drop realization. We get the coffee mug drop from like multiple angles. The coffee yep. falls yep. like a lot of times. Yep. And then everything on the bulletin board is the story. And then you get the fax picture and then you are watching him. The fax is the other thing that is just that one little thing. Like, obviously at that time, like what were they going to do? Like not, it's not like they could break, but like just that one little thing where I could see showing this to somebody now showing this to like, so I was maybe 13 when I saw this movie. If I showed this to a 13 year old now, they're going to be like, what the hell is, is a, fax a fax machine? Right. Like, what are you doing? They're sending this. Like, why is he waiting for this? Just fucking take a picture. You know, like, I. that's the one thing where I'm like, damn, you know, they had to, even if it was just like a delivery, at least it's not technology, but whatever. I don't know. It's that one thing where it's like, now there's no way that Verbal has the time he has 
between you know what like like because somebody could have they would have like sent that over but i still feel like cops use outdated shit so i still feel like it would have been it would have been an email (laughs) attachment like the eighth precinct still got their fax machine on diesel or something yeah (laughs) (laughs) they have one old like you know old school man whatever yeah um so you can you watch you see his gate straighten out and then Mm -hmm. he's up and he's moving and that's when the picture comes through and he gets in the car and it's kobayashi or whatever let me ask you this do you think this fax picture looks like verbal like um kevin spacey in this movie at all (laughs) I mean, it's like it looks basically like, got the widow's peak, and that's about it. That's the only thing that I'm like, yeah. It looks like what I might draw if I was trying to, because I'm not an artist. Like, it doesn't look like what a sketch. That's not what sketch, like, artists' pictures look like generally. Right. They're a little more filled in than that. You're meant to know that that's him. That's what you're meant to know. And you know right. it because they're like, <gasps> Right, it's the right. guy. It's the guy. <laughs> and just like that, he's gone. And my mm-hmm. last note was, I wish I didn't know the end. So then this has a lot of implications. So we talked about spoilers. And then, like, to me, okay, so he's an unreliable narrator the whole time. Yep. And he is just talking, possibly, what, getting his yucks, like, fooling these dumb cops or whatever. And he knows so. that he's got immunity and he knows he's going to get out of there. So it doesn't matter what he says. Like, is that how much of it is know. what really happened? Is the yeah. truth is the truth about Keaton what Kuyan was telling us? Was he really a bad dude or was he really a good dude? Or yeah. is he somewhere in between? Or, like, why did, did Kevin – did you know, whatever, so they can really want him to end up thinking that it was Keaton or was that just he was dead set on thinking it anyway because the story that Keaton, that Kent tells him isn't really make it seem like it's Keaton. The cop just is kind of convinced of that already, it yeah. seems like. Like what Like what part of it is real? What do you think? So a, th- a couple things. Number one, I think Verbal Kent doesn't know that anyone got out of their life. So he has no idea of the guy in the hospital, right? He doesn't sure, know sure. that they're going to get any more information. So potentially he's telling that story and twisting Kuyan around into like, oh, Keaton is Kaiser Soze and it's covering him, right? So he's like, it's another layer of like somebody mm-hmm. else is, I'm the evil genius, but I'm throwing you off my trail sort of thing. And it's an opportunity to like just spread misinformation about himself. Some of it is definitely, some of it is definitely just Kaiser Soze fucking with the cops, I think. Like, it's right, just him right. being like, this is hilarious. Like, back when I was in a barbershop quartet in Skokie, Illinois, like, that's just him right. fucking with them. Like, that totally doesn't matter at all. And and then I think about, okay, but maybe that's part of the act, right? Like, he's doing those weird little off things, and it, and he's just being an actor, Kaiser Soze is being an actor, not Kevin right. Spacey, right? I think I come down to, I was thinking about this on this watch through, like there are some beats of the story that would be verifiable information. And then I was wondering like how fast or how much would they, like how fast could they verify in one part of the, so they do the ta- the New York's finest taxi service, right? Mm-hmm. That's a verifiable event that he's talking about that could have happened right he, that right. can't be made up whole cloth and he it has would to be have something to that happened sort of that, like that. that right yeah and kuyan has to know that because and and verbal kent says something like you know 50 people got indicted and everybody got right. it from the mayor on down huge or something news. like that right so 
that ha- there has to be, I think what he's doing is taking sort of big beats of the story and he's inserting fake names from the board right. to cover whatever was really happening. And he knows he's got like, okay, so I got to hit this part because they know about that. They know about the New York's finest taxi service job. And they know that these people that Salberg was murdered, but they don't necessarily know how or why or whatever. So like he can just tie those things together with like fake shit. Right. And I also think part of this movie is it's bullshit. Like the whole thing is just bullshit. And you don't, aren't, I don't think you're never ever supposed to know what's real and what's not real. Right. Like, so I like that ambiguity. I live there. That's like, I love when stuff just sort of is like, mm-hmm. we don't really know. And right. we're not going to tell you. And you have to sort of just live with that, you know? And a lot of me likes that. We mm-hmm. didn't wrap everything up and we're not really sure where everything goes from here. And it's just a, like that poofy's gone. And and to me, this is a yeah. perfect ending. I don't, so I don't know. I, I lo- like love the little bits they put in when on this rewatch even. And the, really the hammer at the end of like, you get the facts is just about coming out and verbal kids there to pick up his stuff from the old guy at the lockup, you know, like, and he's like one watch gold, one lighter gold. And it's clearly the mm-hmm. same stuff that you see Kaiser Soze had, but then is that through whose eyes is that there's the well, shot that's exactly of yeah, right. the, the shot of the ropes, right? So the boat explodes like six times in this movie, right? Because yeah. we keep going back to that explosion and there's, all, there's this like slow zoom in on, random peer stuff like the ropes where we are meant to assume that verbal's hiding behind there watching right and then i read somewhere like there's no one behind the ropes like he stopped there's no one behind the ropes right yeah yeah yeah. so i don't know i think it's all bullshit i love it (laughs) where are you at where are you at Uh, i don't know i don't know um so it's in your canon you love it you've already shown it people yeah it's definitely like for you. Um, I don't know if it's for me, man. I don't think it's in my canon. Um, really? I recognize that it's really good for what it is, but I would not make my have my girls watch it unless this was a type of movie they loved. Yeah, it's not a type that. of movie that I love. Um, I wasn't super mad to be watching it or anything. I wasn't like disappointed in it, but it. It's not something like that I would pick for me. Um, yeah. If you love thrillery, spy, I mean, whatever this, whatever type of mystery this is, if you like that kind yeah. of movie, you have to see this movie. But yeah, I would fair. only do it if that was the kind of movie that they really liked. And who knows? Maybe one of them will like love this kind of movie, and then we'll have to watch <laughs> fucking Heat and this and that, and <laughs> all of them, and they can watch them with Justin because I don't. I, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I wasn't mad at it, and I, like, recognize that it's good, but it's not for me. Yeah. So that's where I landed on it. Unpopular opinion, probably. But, and obviously, like, you talking about it and talking about it with, like, your, your, like, friends and your quotes and stuff, like, that makes me think of it as a more fun experience than the one I had watching it by myself. So maybe if I had watched it with people, it would have been more fun. But There's definitely a piece of it, and I wonder about that too, with showing things like this. There's definitely a piece of it that's just living in my memory, right? Living in that nostalgia hole. And I wonder about... 
I, I can absolutely see showing the, any of the things that we say we're going to show, and, the, and mm-hmm. my son just being like, eh, "Okay, whatever." Dad. I like, know, I know. <laughs> but that is, you know, that's how that's, that's, that's how, how it goes. goes. Yeah, that's how it goes. But yeah, well, thanks for talking about it with me, and thanks yeah. for listening, everybody. Thanks to Joe Costanza for writing our theme song. If you want more nerdy goodness, find us online. We're at Nerd Cannon. Um, on all of the things we you should consider joining our Patreon. We're patreon.com slash nerdcanon and we're super fun. We will see you in two weeks. What's next? Uh is it clueless? That's clueless. Yeah. As if. All right, I'm excited about that. Um, all right, <laughs> until next time. And like that, poof, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs>